saying a prostitute is bad. Therefore, if they're named prostitute, we're not going to give them justice. We win. Because in those pews throughout the United States are the coaches, are the superintendents. On the Charisma Podcast Network, I'm Missy Montgomery, and today I'm joined over the phone with Linda Smith, who is the founder and president of Shared Hope International. How are you doing today, Linda? Very good. Good. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. We had a nice conversation before the show, um, but I'm very excited that you're here today to discuss a little bit about your organization and what you're doing as a global movement to end sex trafficking. And uh, before we kind of dive into that, I would really appreciate it if you can share a little bit about your background and your story for our listeners. Well, my background um, is very unusual. I always say that the only good thing I do is I show up when God says, show up, Linda. <laughs> and then he does amazing things through me and those that uh, that I work with. So I really claim no credit for anything that has ever happened in my life. I started as a uh, child whose father left the home and um, mother remarried and then traveled around the United States, um, picked uh, and thinned pear trees did all kinds of different things uh, as jobs when I was a child, mm-hmm. and um, uh, finally settled in the Northwest and met my husband. Um, and all the time, though, from the age of seven, when I gave my life to the Lord, I knew there was a power bigger than me. And that when I looked to the stars and I saw them, my grandmother, who prayed for me, was praying for my protection. And I did need that protection. There were some bad men in my life, and that's mm-hmm. not for this story for right now, but... Uh, definitely gave me some experiences that that affected my life and my life work. Um, my husband and I are both very conservative. He started helping uh, develop uh, the pro-life movement uh, within our state, uh, connecting the Catholic and evangelical pro-life work. And he became very involved. I was a business person, mm-hmm. and I thought he was crazy. <laughs> and yet... All of a sudden, I realized that that baby within me, heart was beating, and that I was as pro-life as he was. I didn't realize that. I was, right. I guess you could say, a feminist, to some, a traditional feminist, uh-huh. but I also uh, had some really strong beliefs that all of a sudden changed. That led to the ministry I have today. I believe that every life cannot be labeled. Mm. Just can't label a person uh, as something like a slave or a prostitute mm-hmm. or an unborn person person as a fetus or um, tissue and change what God says about them. Right. So I ended up um, being elected to the state level because of my husband's pro-life activity and my business activity. And then spent about 11 years there in leadership and had some pretty substantial leadership uh, positions. Um, then one day, I went away on vacation after I uh, defended a state Supreme Court Um, state Supreme Court, um, um, I guess it was on an initiative that I passed, Mm -hmm. and we won and came back, and people were writing my name in for Congress. Oh, wow. And so 40-some thousand people wrote my name on the ballot without my permission originally. They just started doing it. There became an activity of the heart that said, we want somebody different. Mm-hmm. We really don't like what's going on. We don't like the status quo. We're not really happy with the Republicans or the Democrats. Mm-hmm. But I was a pretty independent 
I guess you could say, really traditional woman that was unusual in our politics in Washington State. So I was a Republican, but I had been a Democrat before I was elected. Now, what happened there is I ended up being sent to Congress in about a six-week time in 1994 because of individual initiative of people. I believe that people can do a lot by taking initiative, taking action, and then God puts it all together. And as long as we show up and we're obedient with what he gives us, he can put it together in marvelous ways. Well, I was in Congress. I termed myself to two year, two terms, mm-hmm. even though I was written in, and became very involved in the trafficking of human organs, the trafficking of babies, all these things that were so awful. Mm-hmm. And the more I knew about it, the more I was just appalled. One day I got a call, and a man had discovered thousands, he said, of children, little girls and boys, being prostituted Ugh. in India. So overnight, practically in five days' time, I ended up going to India, being taken onto the streets where these kids were being prostituted, mm-hmm. and my heart broke. And God showed me a vision. He showed me that all those things that had happened to my in my life that were difficult, that no little girl should have to face, I understood now the hearts of these young women and children, and my life turned. I started uh, partnerships all over the world, actually. I was still uh, just leaving Congress. I left permanently, decided it was just time, and um, transitioned a lot of my assets. Uh, all the lists and connections I had over the years. I don't mm-hmm. didn't believe in taking special interest money, so I had about 30,000 donors that oh, donated wow. to my campaigns, just people, told them I was going to do this new thing. And no, I didn't know what the new thing was, but I had to do something. And Shared Hope was formed wow. from that initial. What a story, and I'm so glad that, you know, you have this organization to help people. So share a little bit about what endeavors you take to, um, you know, really, you know, you have this global movement. So what do you do to try to prevent this from happening to more people, to more children? I think prevention has to be the top, but it just can't be noise. Mm-hmm. I used to say as I was working, building villages, I was going, oh, my it has to help. This is expensive. It's difficult. These kids are 7, 8, maybe 15 years old. Oh, so it's going to take years to restore them. But, and people are just talking. And then one day I realized clearly that the more people who know, the smaller the world becomes for those who buy and sell our children. Mm -hmm. And so I started saying, you know, prevention then is awareness. When good people know, like those people listening today, Mm -hmm. when they know, they will make a difference, especially in the United States. What happened nearly uh, 10 years ago, after I'd been working international, in fact, it's been like 12, um, I I. I started understanding the American market. I was commissioned by the Department of Justice to uh, research countries, and Shared Hope was researching them for how the markets worked. That's my background. I chaired the business committee, small business committee mm-hmm. in Congress. And so I would do the economic of who, what's for sale, who sells it, who's buying it, where are they coming, who owns the property. And in all of that, I decided that I needed to add America so I could show people we were credible. So the investigators go in under that project, and they go in as buyers or tour operators. Mm-hmm. They then identify all of those factors for us, 
and then that went that intelligence went to the US government it was a project of the US government with third party investigators and we got all the intelligence back wow. well in that when I got the American research I was just appalled I thought that can't be true I heard in the back seat there was this video and I could see over the arm the the investigators had cameras in their glasses and, and buttons and things and and I could see slightly into the back seat of this car and the the, our investigator was negotiating for what was in the car with the person selling for sex with that child. Mm-hmm. And I realized the chatter from the back seat sounded like middle school. It sounded like my, my granddaughter, middle right. school granddaughter. And I'm going, oh. my gosh, that's American. Well, what we discovered and we submitted to Congress was clearly this, that the American market was similar to India, that American men, just like Indian men, were buying. They were creating a market, and that was creating the snatching and the devaluing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very much different. The biggest buyer population was American. The biggest population of what was being sold were American children. The normal age that they were being first put into this market was middle school age, 11 to 14. That was scary. So I took that research to Congress and set before my colleagues, and I'd retired then, but we had a full hearing on this research, and it was submitted to Congress as the first research on America of this, of this magnitude. And I said, okay, here's the problem. It isn't about the federal law. It's getting stronger. It passed in 2000. The Trafficking Act gets better. But the problem is that they're not interpreting it as if the buyer of the child is a bad criminal. Mm-hmm. They are actually arresting the children in all states. Ugh. So we went about, they, they started defining the new term of domestic minor sex trafficking from the title of that research. And from there, we all decided, I'd say we, and there's such a great number of wonderful people working on this, that we had to go to each state. Now, Shared Hope's part of that is we have a, an institute, it's a center for justice and advocacy mm-hmm. on domestic minor sex trafficking. It is a legal and training center. But we decided we'd have to change all 50 state laws. Now that's my background. I worked 11 right. years on, for children and family services uh, as the chair of the Senate and, and the last the chair of the Senate committee. So we went about evaluating and doing legal briefs on every state in the United States, 41 points of law. And we write the legal brief right to the law and then we advocate for the state to change all 41 of those points of law to confirm they have. They have something for the buyer as a criminal, something for the facilitator as a criminal. They have the Child Protective Services laws solid that the child is a victim, and they stop arresting the child. Now, the big issue right now is we have to change our culture, and that's why I believe the church is the answer, to stop calling that child a prostitute in the state laws. We went about two major goals, started seven years ago, and we were going to change where the man who bought sex with a child was a serious criminal, and the child was no longer, or the youth was no longer considered a criminal, a prostitute in the law that could be arrested, shackled, and strip searched and put in jail. We've achieved 23 states where they're not arrested now. They're not criminalized. But right. 27 states still criminalize them. What that means is the culture still believes it's okay to do what God says not to do, and that is to label an individual and then deny him justice. And God says when we deny justice to the least of these, we had better, we'd be better off if we had a rock around our neck and we're thrown into the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's how bad he sees that. 
So now Shared Hope is, is really launching a Just Faith initiative and decided, even though we've always been faith-based, our centers around the world where we restore women and children are faith-based. They, they make sure the child knows about God. We don't require they change their faith. They just do because they know that the one true God gives them liberty. It isn't karma. It isn't their fate to be a prostitute. And that they die, they'll come back to something else. But they truly are precious. Well, they want that God. So we are faith-based. We have been faith-based. But we're a legal institute. So we're seeing an awful lot more as policy. Mm -hmm. And our restoration centers are models for the world. The, The projects in the United States that we partner with are to design ways to restore and bring justice throughout the United States. But the reality of all of this is that if the faith community mm-hmm. stands up, we win. If they stop saying a prostitute is bad, therefore, if they're named prostitute, we're not going to give them justice, we win. Because in those pews throughout the United States are the coaches, are the superintendent of schools. Exactly. They're the, and you talk about just faith, and I kind of want to segue this into a summit that um, your organization, Shared Hope International, is actually hosting um, this summer on June 20th through this 22nd, the Just Faith Summit at Bethel University. So talk a little bit about, for our listeners that might be interested in attending, um, just a little bit about what the summit entails and what they can expect um, from hopefully attending What they can expect is that they will be equipped. When they go, they'll have a complete packet of information as they go out the door. Often you're inspired, but you don't know what to do. Exactly. This is inspirational. It has dozens of presentations, panels to teach you how to be equipped at home, to understand when you go back home and to equip you. It will, though, have um, speakers that are inspiring, like Eric Metaxas. He actually wrote the book Amazing Grace, which is about mm-hmm. slavery, and, and it is extensively connected to white slavery in the United States. And white slavery is what they used to call, at first, under the Mann Act, they would call white slavery the slavery of a white girl. So the overall, um, I guess you could say, war to liberate mm-hmm. the black population had come about, and they want to distinguish this it, wasn't, it sounds bad, white slavery, as if you don't care about black slavery. But really, there were girls that were being sold into the communities. Wealthy right. men were going to what was called resorts and buying these girls. It was trafficking. So the first trafficking fight was in 1910. Mm. Now, what happened in 1910, though, is the church rose up. Moody rose up. Moody Church. Several of the denominations. But guess who else in Chicago rose up? The U.S. attorney. The police. The women's, suff- the women's movement. And they came together in this powerful movement to write the first law. It's called the Mann Act mm-hmm. to stop this sale. Now, today, if they can do that, and we really engage the church, not in talking, not in just little ideas, but together bring those talking and little ideas to be something big, we win. Amen. So this summit actually does that. It's going to inspire you. But it's going to equip you. It's going to inform you. It's going to give you an ability to connect to other people around the United States. And you will go out with the ability to change a life or maybe lives in your community. 
And where can our listeners, you know, get more information about this and even sign up to attend? They can go to Shared Hope, just www.sharedhope.org, and on the it will immediately flash up at you the Face Summit. It is Good. the feature for this two months. You know, some people will listen to this and they'll go, oh, what do I do? How can I do this? Mm-hmm. They can buy full equipment for their church, uh, for the youth group, for the men's group, um, for the women's group, for the pastors, uh, uh, notes on preparation for sermons, mm-hmm. uh, 30 days prayer. There's videos for all of those groups, so se- separate flash drives. So you can actually get a faith kit for your church, too. You're going to want to, once you get the faith kit, go, oh, I want to go to the summit. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of people that are here say, no, I don't have enough in my life right now to go anywhere, but I want to do something. Right. So they would want to go on and get the faith kit. It's uh, it's pretty cheap. I think it's around $100 for the whole church or something like that. It shows how much I know about it is. It's not very much <laughs> nice because we got, we got the creation of most of it. Right. Within those videos, when I talked about the undercover, within the videos, we are using some of the undercover to show you exactly what happens. So it's not boring videos. It's mm-hmm. a pretty powerful, you go undercover in some of them, you understand via the videos what it looks like, what it is. But I have sanitized it to some extent in that there is one complete series called Chosen. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it tells kids, youth, how the traffickers act- actually work. And it's meant for a class or an assembly. Mm-hmm. And these two girls that were trafficked, one, they got her at 13, one, mm-hmm. they ended her life, well, one, they ended her life at 12, one, they ended her life at 17. And they both talk about how they work, how they deceive, how they operate, the signs to help protect the youth. And it is very powerful, but it's not sexual, mm-hmm. because the recruitment of these girls, they are boys, is done by relationship as if they're friends, boyfriends, and they just kind of infiltrate their life. And so we don't go into what happens that brutal night that they're initiated or that being sold maybe 10 times a night. We Mm. don't go into a lot of that, although it's it's violent, and the violence is usually from the buyers because that's Mm. what they want to buy. We just go into how to prevent and to protect your friends. So that's a really good one. It's in the church packet also. Good. Well, it, it has a four-part series with it, uh-huh. um, a Bible study, uh, but it also was just chosen. It's it's meant for also a secular audience. Good. Well, you know, I, Linda, I appreciate you sharing that. You know, I think this is such a powerful message, and I think that a lot of people's eyes are a little uh, wide shut to this, and so for you to continue just speaking about it and making a difference, I think um, it's really going to help and uh, save a lot of lives. So uh, would you mind closing us out today in prayer? Not at all. Lord, Father, Protector, and a God of justice, we come before you, and we just thank you. We thank you that we get to serve that when we hear, we in America usually have something we can do, whether it's online, whether it's financial, we can do something. Thank you for giving us provision to be obedient to your call. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this program, for the people listening. I pray that you'd bless each of their lives. Just give them an excitement at your work, wherever you're placing them, wherever you're directing them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. 
You've been listening to Linda Smith, the founder and president of Shared Hope International, and I'm Missy Montgomery, and this has been Charisma Connection. Children are being bought and sold for sex in the United States every minute of every day. That's the horrible truth. But people of faith are mobilizing to stop this nightmare, starting in their own communities. The Shared Hope International Just Faith Summit is a three-day conference hosted at Bethel University in St. Paul, Minnesota, June 20th through the 22nd. Join like-minded individuals who share your passion for justice and your commitment to end the sexual exploitation of children and youth. This interactive event is designed to equip, connect, and inspire people of faith to learn more about the issue of human trafficking and what individuals and communities can do to stop this horrific crime. Just visit JustFaithSummit.org to find out more. That's JustFaithSummit.org to register now. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.